Struggling for Purpose for January 20th, 2021. My name is John Wilkerson. Before we roll into things, I just want to give, I guess, a little bit of a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about some sensitive topics. We're not going to get into too many details, but we are going to be talking about sexual misconduct. So if that's a problem, maybe you want to turn this off or if you got kids listening, uh, maybe keep a quick finger on the pause button there. Joining me today is Peter Franzen from the Christian Geek Central podcast. He has agreed to talk to me about the sexual allegations that have come out about uh, Ravi Zacharias. Uh, Peter, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thank, thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate the opportunity to just kind of talk about this uh, difficult uh, situation. So in September, there was an article that came out in Christianity Today that accused Ravi Zacharias of sexual misconduct. I want to back up to before that. So before you had heard about that, tell me about, you know, what are your thoughts about RZIM and, and Ravi Zacharias himself before September 2020? I have uh, long appreciated the ministry work of, of Ravi Zacharias. And it really started with reading Can Man Live Without God at some point during college, which really uh, was wonderful in how thoughtful and logical it was in defense of the Christian faith and how it incorporated not just like these cold logical arguments, which have their place absolutely, but are, but also was persuasive in a very personal way. He, it engaged with the emotions as well as the mind. And so he just had a very uh, a winsome way about him and the way that he would uh, interact with people and, and a great thoughtfulness in how he would answer questions in his events and things. And, and uh, Can Man Live Without God is the only book of his that I've read. And I've only read it once. I don't think I've, I think I revisited it now and then for reference over the years, but I haven't read it cover to cover since uh, since college. More, I followed his uh, various talks as he would you know, make them available on a podcast. His ministry would put them on a podcast and stuff. So as he would do his uh, traveling, which he was constantly doing, which probably uh, played a role in, uh, in, in what was going on in his life. And in years since, especially since I would say starting the YouTube content for Christian Geek Central a handful of years ago, uh, I have uh, recommended content produced by either Ravi Zacharias specifically or by RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, where he has been collecting kind of colleagues, younger colleagues to kind of pass the torch to um, in the years prior to his passing. And, uh, and so I have in the years since been uh, had almost an equal interest in the content that's produced by his colleagues in that in that ministry, um, as he actually himself has uh, had increased or decreased the the work that he'd been doing. So, yeah, I think that th there's wonderful work that was done by Ravi Zacharias, and that is seemingly being carried on by his uh, by his colleagues that are uh, expressing now just their devastation. Um, and confusion about all this that that's come out. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would say, too, that I had looked at his ministry and the work that he had done, and it's a great body of work. 
And unfortunately, right now it's it's overshadowed yeah. by these allegations. Now, since September of last year, I'm I want to read this from the board. This is an intermediate response on the uh, allegations against Ravi Zacharias. It's dated December 23rd. And it reads, in August 2020, allegations of sexual misconduct were made against our founder, Ravi Zacharias. Unfortunately, Ravi had died several months before we first learned of these allegations, so we were unable to explore them with him directly. We engaged Miller and Martin PLLC to investigate these allegations while also giving them a wide latitude to go wherever their investigation might lead them. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Sadly, the interim investigation update indicates this assessment of Ravi's behavior to be true, that he did indeed engage in sexual misconduct. And additionally, there's a a PDF that has their interim report there as well. And it looks like it goes back several years is is what's really unfortunate about this as well. Given that news, I wanted to broach the topic of, so so what do we do when we hear about this from a prominent minister? Do we cancel them? Do we participate in this cancel culture? Do we consider all the work that they've done to be null and void at this point? What prompted this was, I had mentioned on Twitter that I was going to read one of his books. Someone tweeted to me and said, hey, have you heard the latest about Ravi Zacharias? And kind of based on their handle, I I just thought that they were being argumentative and just being like like people are can, can be on Twitter at sometimes. Yeah. And my initial response in my head was, "Hey, did you hear about King David and what he did? You know, he he yeah. raped that lady and then had her husband murdered." But it it does certainly bring up the question of. How do we address these things? How do we deal with them in the church? Because we see examples in the Bible where people committed heinous things while serving God, and God forgives them, but there were some repercussions that that came along with that. So let's just kind of try and flesh this out. And I mean, what is your immediate thought of, okay, should we just throw everything out, take all the videos down off the internet? Or how how should we approach this, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that the who we refers to is significant in that question. If we're talking about we as believers, well, I don't, we don't really have choice as to what RZIM does with those videos. If we're talking about we as theoretically RZIM, that's one question. Let me start first by just talking about how I initially reacted to the news because I I I want to acknowledge the what some people who are big big supporters and followers of Robbie Zacharias over the years, how they might have reacted and and acknowledge I, I felt a lot of what you probably felt. I was shocked. I wasn't sure if I should believe it or not. And then eventually I began to accept that this might be true. And then, of course, we got confirmation. But most of my dealing with it came just from the allegations themselves. And then when we got confirmation, I was just like, okay, you know. Um, But those, but initially dealing with it, um, I was thinking to myself, yeah, what do I, 
what it wasn't an easy, quick answer for me is I guess what I want to say yeah. was this wasn't a simple thing for me to just say, well, we have these examples in scripture and da, 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 so there you go. And then I moved on with my day. Right. No, this, this thoughts of this haunted me for at least a day and maybe two throughout what the other things that I was doing. And uh, eventually I did uh, make a video on it, um, but not kind of intentionally with that focus. We were going through the, the book of Philippians uh, as we've uh, return to doing now in the Christian Geek Central podcast and the YouTube channel. And we'd arrived at a passage that seemed uh, relevant to bring that the topic in. But but yeah, this was hard. Um, I thought uh, about just like, what what weight do I give? Does this, in, does any of this, does this invalidate any of what I have taken to be valuable and truthful from his work? What does this mean for the people that I have in my work with Christian Geek Central, and then both personally, what does this mean when I for how I've recommended either something that Ravi put out or that RZIM put out? What does this mean? You know, um, can I link to anything that they've done in the future? I will say that for I think since the allegations, I've just for the time being put a hold on linking to any. I think maybe I've done maybe I've linked to one thing. It, it would be the rare exception. I, I've really stepped back from linking and referring to RZIM just with the intention of let's just see how this plays out and then figure out what we want to do from there. Yeah. Um, what I will say is for me personally, it will make it hard to recommend RZIM stuff in the future, not because I think it's, uh, it is um, made like false because of right. what's on with Ravi's life, but because with each person, I'm going to have to think to myself, okay, do I go into the caveats, you know, um, do, because they're, they're, what happens if I'm, I recommend a book to a non-believer as I did a year, about a year and a half ago to a non-believer that I care about. And I've been thinking to myself lately, I wonder if they're aware of this news. I don't even know if they read that book, Can Man Live Without God, that I gave them. But I mean, I wonder if they'll think to themselves, oh, another hypocrite, it's all baloney. Well, that's a logical leap, crazy, that doesn't right. logically follow at all. But I want to, when I am sharing resources with people, try to strip away things that might distract them from the, the, the good content that's there. And so what this means is until I figure out how I want to handle this, uh, it just logically makes sense. I'm going to look for other resources for now to send people to just for the sake of simplicity and helping them avoid distractions. Um, so, yeah. And I think with Ravi, I mean, his ministry was known, but it wasn't really well known, like some of the other ones that you see out there that are in the headlines regularly. And so there may be people who aren't Christians. I mean, and I'm sure there are people who are Christians who don't even know about this. Um, they don't follow Christianity today. They're not, they're not looking for this kind of information. But it, yeah, it does make it difficult to recommend content from him if it does come out that this happened over decades. That's a little more problematic because if it happened over decades, then the ministry itself probably needs to be investigated as well because you should, how could you not know about this? If this happened over 20 years, how yeah. could you not know about this? I'm not so naive to think that nobody has ever accused Ravi Zacharias of, of this or, or any well-known minister have, has ever accused them of, of sexual misconduct. 
I believe that when someone, when a woman, a man or a woman brings that accusation, it needs to be taken seriously. Yeah. But also some people do it just to get attention and just to try and discredit a ministry. But if it happens, if there's a pattern and usually with sexual misconduct, there's a pattern and there's mm. a long running pattern. Mm. I, I think there's other things that need to be addressed within the ministry. It's unfortunate that, or maybe it's may, maybe it's fortunate. I don't know for sure. Um, with with the passing of of Ravi Zacharias, you can't talk to him. You can't get his. There's no way for him to repent. There's no way for him to show contrition or anything like that. And so yeah. it's just there. It is. Unlike with other ministers, you can see where okay, I've repented. I'm not in ministry anymore. It, it's a little bit different. What are your thoughts? We each kind of have to figure out what we're going to do with that and how we're going to, I guess, feel about. I, I'm wondering, just my initial reaction is that seems to be more an issue of how we are going to feel about Robbie Zacharias. And um, I guess for me, that that is not as relevant as I've been processing all of this. I think that one of the reasons that we can potentially react to this with outrage um, is because, and people are complex, there's all kinds of reasons people could be outraged, but but I'm thinking specifically about a, maybe in my own tendency that I have to guard against, and that is putting him on a pedestal, um, idolizing him, or other uh, th- thinkers and teachers like William Lane Craig, who I admire yeah. and have great respect for. You know, I, I want to admire their work the quality of their work. I want to admire what I can see of their character that is worth uh, imitating. I mean, Paul says, imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. And so there's, you know, there, there's something about that, that we, that we should do and engage in, but we've got to be careful not to idolize someone and prop them up and, and have um, uh, invest in this false view of them or a view of them that we can't really uh, confirm because we just yeah. don't know them, you know? And so, uh, so that, that was kind of one of the big takeaways is like, yeah, what I feel about Ravi, I mean, that's really up to him and God at this point. I'm not part of his family. I, now they have like some really legitimate things to sort through people that knew him, um, or that were victims of him in all of this. They're the ones that really, for sure, at least, have some legitimate things to sort through about how they feel about him. But uh, I, I don't know that I've been sorting through that as much. I do want to jump back to one thing before we come away from, like, what do we do with the content uh, that he's made? Something mm-hmm. occurred to me. I believe in one of the reports early on, um, there was some there was there was uh, something about his stories that he often incorporates into his teaching, his uh, anecdotes. That there, the in the in the investigation was like um, there's maybe even reason to call some of those into question, mm. and and I think that um, that uh, would be where his work is affected. Yeah, the arguments themselves, the logical arguments themselves, I think are immune because as William Lane Craig has said many times, when people attack him personally, it's like, well, you're still not dealing with the argument. It's the argument that you have to face right. and you have to come to terms with. Um, but in Robbie's case, uh, even though he incorporated a lot of sound arguments that still hold up regardless of his own personal character, 
the persuasiveness that came about in part because of some of the anecdotes he used. I mean, that that aspect of the work certainly can be called into question at this point and uh, is is maybe going to be a reason why we wouldn't recommend his books anymore because they lean on that tool. Yeah, that's a good point. And and this and while I I think that Christian leaders have been idolized for centuries. I mean, it's in the Bible, right? Paul writes, "You say I am of Paul, I am of Apollos." These were people who were basing their their identity on the teachings of someone else. I, I I don't think this is something new, but I think modern times, especially now in the last decade, since we've seen social media blow up, it is very easy to idolize people in the church, especially as these ministries get bigger and differentiating between the persona of the person who's sharing the Word of God and and the truth that's in that word be, it it starts to get muddied mm-hmm. i think with a lot of christians and and i have even found myself sometimes saying oh well this person can do no wrong <laughs> and then i have to kind of check myself and say well wait a minute uh last time i checked they're not jesus so yeah. um so maybe they can they can do wrong let me put you in the place of you're on RCIM's board. Mm. And um, let's say all these allegations, every allegation is is found to be to be true. What do you do as a board member now? That's so difficult. I think that the first thing I would want to do is what I've already seen them beginning to do but maybe even just keep it up and be as open as they can. Just, just be open about this and express uh, your own concern. Don't, don't, and in your wording, don't do anything that's going to sound like PR speak. Mm. Um, I mean, really try to avoid anything that sounds like PR speak and instead humanize it as much as possible. And, and, and if you are broken about it, which hopefully you are as a member of our ZIM, express your brokenness. I mean, have, you know, informal moments in your content where you're like, we're just still stunned by this and we don't know what to, we're figuring this out. And, uh, um, and I think just confessing that side of things um, and and having an attitude of confession, as you said before, about the nature of the organization. Now, we don't know what the power structure was, what the authority structure right. was, how much of that Robbie held on to and how much of that was handed over to a board of some kind and how much of that was maybe in writing only and didn't really play out that way in actuality. You know, we just don't know. Um, so but but I guess uh, just with 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 whatever the authority structure is now that they just be as confessional and humble as possible and uh as you said an, an investigation would probably be a good idea if nothing else to investigate their current practices and evaluate um even even like the the kind of normal legal investigations which uh, I, I would totally be in support of, and I think they should be as well but I think the the spiritual evaluation of the spiritual integrity of like you know. I'm thinking to myself, was was Ravi not um, uh, 
confessing to anyone on a regular basis? Mm, did he have yeah. no one? Did he have no one that served as mentors in his life? That served as accountability partners? That he was completely honest with? You know, he was traveling so much, and he and he even talked some about how difficult it was to be away from his family so much and to be on the road so much. And uh, and in some of these stories that they're talking about, that's what he would refer to as he was talking about the the need he felt for kind of a sexual release is because of the burden of his ministry and stuff. And so I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a victim or like, you know, Mm -hmm. woe is him, but like, where was accountability in this? Where was discipleship in this? And where is that now in RZIM? That's where I would want to give my attention as far as what to do with the, the content, like what, what decision do we make on that? Man, I don't know. Because as I said before, a lot of his, teaching was bound up in these really wonderful little anecdotes that would help seal the deal in a point that he was making. And he used them so frequently. And if those, and in all of this, uh, if there's cause for those stories to be called into question as maybe being exaggerations or out and out fabrications, you know, um, then that, that destroys the strength of a lot of his, of his work, you know? And so, um, I think the the objective at this point would be transparency, confession, uh, evaluating what our current structures are for accountability and discipleship with each other, and then um, and then figuring out how to uh, kind of cover some of the same ground with the important things that Ravi did with new voices that are currently now being held accountable and in discipleship uh, with others. What do you think about? financial restitution. I mean, this is, Hmm. if this is, as far as I can tell from what I've seen, this, it appears to be consensual, but uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on all of that. You mean the sexual situation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. There's, I I haven't seen anything because I think most of it specifically evolved around a particular massage parlor. Yeah. So I don't know, but I can't be a hundred percent sure about that. Do you think there should be some financial restitution? And I mean, I mean, let's face it, depending on again, how far back this goes and how many people this affects, it could, it could wreck the ministry. Yeah. Do you mean for the women involved? For the women involved. Yeah. um, Yeah. Oh gosh. If there was anything non-consensual. If there was anything non-consensual, then yeah. I mean, if if this is going to destroy the ministry because that's what'll happen by doing what is just and right, then that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that in, you know, for the, the God's work is going to continue on in the kingdom, and it could even continue on with a number of the the faces and thinkers and teachers that are involved in RZIM right now. You know, I I think just in the video game world, I've seen as certain uh, video game review entities and and platforms online like IGN or whatever, you know, uh, you'll see familiar faces start going off and doing their own thing and finding great success in that. And so I think that it's very possible and maybe appropriate uh, in the over the coming years, that RZIM as a, as an organization dissolve, and yeah. some of these faces that have become uh, faces of RZIM go off and do their own thing. Maybe separate. Maybe some of them together. I don't know. 
Um, but I think that uh, that the dissolving of RZIM would not necessarily uh, is not necessarily something that we would need to mourn. Yeah, they, and I mean they're certainly going to have to rebrand just because his name mm. is right there in the name of the ministry. Yeah. Um, at 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 a minimum, I would think. But I could see, yeah, it breaking up and uh, moving into certain, you know, here's Christian apologetics, here's addressing these particular, you know, just breaking up into individual things where they're going to address particular topics. We've talked a lot specifically about RZIM and, and Ravi Zacharias, and we know just because of human nature, we're going to hear about this again. I guess what, what, what I'm wondering is, what do you think about how we should guard ourselves against the assault that's going to come from outside of the church? Because people will attack you personally, because I've had it happen. Uh, they will attack you personally because they see someone else's behavior that doesn't line up with what a Christian, how a Christian should act. So how do you think people should guard their hearts about that. And personally, I don't think that they should defend the person. I think they should just say, look, um, if you've got a problem with that person, then you need to take it up with them. Here's where I stand on this. But it, it can get, sometimes, it can get very exhausting feeling like you have to defend other Christians or defend the faith yeah. because of the misconduct of others. So how can we guard our hearts from from just becoming hard-hearted and getting in dark places and just biting at people who want to bite at us. Being in my uh, early 40s now, I'm very stereotypically processing a lot of the things that one does when they get to that stage of life, mortality, and just becoming world-weary. And so I think that the longer we live, the more of this kind of stuff we see and uh, I think that, yes, we can become bitter and hard-hearted. I think what God wants more is for us to be brokenhearted yeah. and to, instead of trying to stay in a position of, of strength and power, um, which might lead to bitterness because we harden ourselves, instead, we, we ought to become more and more aware of our weakness and our brokenness and, and lament. Um, I think that there's a lot of ignoring going on in Christian culture of that side of, of our walk with Christ is lamenting um, that like a lot of people are still in this kind of a fifties through eighties mentality, or maybe even nineties of like, we got to put on a smiling face yeah. because we're Christians. We've been saved. Everything's good. You know, well, we've been, we've been given eternal life, but we still, have to drag our feet somehow through this mess of a world. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse the longer we live in it as those experiences, those disappointments add up. And so I think that that can be part of sanctification for us is to just acknowledge the brokenness of the world more and more, to feel the weariness of the world and to cry out as the psalmists do so often, how long, God, how long, really? Really, God, how long do we have to deal with this? And I think that actually that can deepen our intimacy with God as we walk with him. If we go in that direction of acknowledging world weariness and brokenness instead of instead of bitterness. I'm, I'm glad you brought up lament because 
we focus so much in the church now on praise and the study of the Bible and the teaching of the Word as as worship, but we don't. When's the last time you went to a service where they said, "Look, we are going to lament today. We are going to lament our sins. We are going to lament the brokenness of the world." I cannot. I don't think I've ever been to a service. Now, there might have been a section of a service where they said, you know, maybe the someone is praying and they mention sorrow and lament. But a service where, you know, we're going to take 30 minutes right now. We're going to take a significant amount of time and just get on our knees and weep for what makes God weep. Yeah. Weep for, uh, you know, have our hearts broken by um, what sin has done to the world. I think it, it's it's something it's something that's missing. It's something that that is missing in the Christian walk. And I think individually we may do it once in a while, but I think corporately yeah. we don't we don't see that. We don't see that right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's very rare. I mean, um, I, I have to give props to our worship pastor who annually does uh, an evening event, like quarterly, uh, we have these worship events that are organized. But um, uh, uh, but but one of those uh, every quarter is a lament service. That's oh, an, wow. you know, it's not it's not Sunday morning, but it's the entire service dedicated to lament. And actually, this last time it came right at the time with uh, all the uh, the really intense racial stuff going on, you know, over like the mid to late summer, whenever that was. And so, but. Um, and, and, you know, you saying that and I'm like, yeah, wow, that feels like something that's novel and like, oh, wow, it's cool that our, our church is doing that still only works out to be once a year as a dedicated, ser- you know, service, you know, yeah. so you're, I think you're absolutely right. And so our worship pastor, I think is really wanting to move us in that direction, yeah. you know, which I think is great, but yeah, we, because it's so absent we're starting with it. We're starting really small yeah. with it, but gosh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, look at how many of the Psalms that say, oh. you know, a Psalm of lament and, and these were Psalms that were sung by the congregation. They, yeah. they, or, or at least were heard by the, by the, by the congregation. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I can't recall ever one, even, Hey, we're going to do this one song. It's a song of lament, and yeah. it's meant to make you feel sorrowful because yeah. that's part of the human experience. Yeah. And it's part of how, why God came to save us yeah. because of his sorrow for, for, for what we have done. How do you think that, that we can look at this and say, here's how God can bring good out of it? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of my struggles uh, is is knowing the specifics of how. I was just telling somebody on YouTube that was kind of like dealing with some stuff lately and left, left a comment about it. You know, I, I I I said I do go to Romans eight twenty eight. You know, we know that uh, for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, what I struggle with is wanting to know the specific good <laughs> that it's that it's going to be worked out for and. Uh, and we don't get to know that. Sometimes we get to see glimpses of like maybe one aspect of good that comes out of it, but we get into dangerous territory if we try to 
figure out and then pronounce what the good is mm-hmm. that is going to come out of this thing. Because most times it's it's not really equal to the bad or it won't feel equal to, to the bad right. in people's minds. And a lot of that stuff just isn't going to play out, I suspect, until uh, we're in the new heaven and the new earth and we see how these things worked out, what they were feeding into, we had no idea about. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that, I think how do we point to the goodness of God? Well, in our lament of these situations, we say, this is why we need Jesus. And this is why Jesus is so good and patient. Why God is so patient to allow us time to repent so that Mm. everyone can have an opportunity to repent. My gosh, he is so patient. Um, And, uh, and so I think that's maybe uh, one route that we go and we remember in all of this to separate the messenger from uh, the, the message and the, the, the goodness of Christ that us broken vessels now and then have a chance for something of that to show up in, you know, I think I kind of missed my window to bring this up earlier, but I, I, I do want to bring up this, uh, these verses from Philippians sure. um, but I, that I talk about more in the section of where we talked about it in our Bible study. It's chapter one, starting in verse 15, uh, Paul says, uh, talking about some of these other uh, Christians who had become emboldened because of him to, to preach uh, Christ. He says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here, meaning in prison, for the defense of the gospel. The former, the ones that did it out of envy and rivalry, proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. So these were were, were guys that were not um, having sin issues kind of like on the side, but like their very motives, their very mentality for sharing what they were sharing was corrupt. Yeah. Um, and so he says, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment, that's jacked up. What then he says in verse 18, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. And so I think that, when we when we are met with these kinds of situations, when we're met with people that are like, oh man, and they're just getting in their on their judgment horse and stuff, I think that we acknowledge, as Paul does, that it is sin. He's not ge- excusing them. He's saying he's he's calling out their sin, but then he's also differentiating between them and the the truth, the the beauty of Christ Himself that is somehow miraculously spilling out of their mess of a situation and their mess of, of character. So that's, that's kind of where I would go, I suppose. I think that's really a great way to end it is that despite the sin, Christ is glorified. And that is just, it's amazing to me that that, (laughs) that could even happen, (laughs) you know, that how, how does that work God? But somehow it 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 manages to happen. Thanks for coming on and uh, just talking about this. Just difficult. It's a difficult subject to talk about. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we're we're two dudes that are looking at a situation. Uh, we're and and I'm sure women have a completely different point of view on this. Yeah. So I just I just want to acknowledge that here and say our intention is not to offend. Our intention is not to say we have all the answers. 
but our intention was really just kind of to process this, to process this information and hopefully share in how we, we're all struggling through this. You know, the theme of this podcast is the name of it is struggling for purpose. And we're, we're all as Christians struggling to glorify God. And we struggle with, with different things and, and, uh, and different things that, that come up. So I, I really appreciate having you on here. Share with the audience what you got going on lately uh, over at Christian Geek Central. Uh, sure. Briefly, though, since you brought up, you know, our perspective versus a, a woman's perspective, I, I would also want to to add from what we said earlier about what should RZIM do. And, and one thing that I forgot to mention, Robbie is so high profile that he's the one we're trying to figure out. What do we do with him? What do we do with him? And we briefly brought up the restitution issue with the 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 the, the victims involved. But I think that um, should be just a knee-jerk priority from RZIM. It's like, oh my gosh, how do we care for these women? Um, how do we make sure that they are being supported, loved? Um, how how can we, in whatever way we can, be a part of their healing, even though we may have played a passive role in how they were hurt to begin with? You yeah. know. So uh, yeah, I just want to echo your attitude of like, geez. Um, we 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 want to be real careful here, and we're just talk thinking out loud, figuring this out. So just know that our attitude about all this is not, yeah. Well, we got this figured out. This is what yeah. Christians should do. We're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? <laughs> and and you're just getting the result of us like processing this out loud. So if you yeah, want to add sure. to the conversation, please uh, feel welcome to do that. As far as uh, what I am up to, um, well, it's it's all uh, it's. It's a content that is geared toward Christian geeks and figuring, you know, you talk about struggling for purpose and the word struggling comes to mind for me as well as geeks. We have like uh, some unique strengths, but also some unique weaknesses that come with just how we are wired. And so I'm just trying in whatever way I can to put my life and experiences on display as a geek and as someone who's uh, relating and doing stuff with other geeks and and just trying to figure out how do we make our way through this life and uh, uh, and so if you would like to be a part of that as I both uh, celebrate and examine geek entertainment what it is to be a geek from a biblical uh, Christian perspective um, all of that is at christiangeekcentral.com it's on the YouTube channel youtube.com slash christiangeekcentral it's a it's a podcast to Christian Geek Central and then if you want to get it all in one cozy feed uh, you can go to patreon.com slash spiritblade productions which is kind of like the parent thing but you don't have to be a patron to get most of the stuff that's posted there it's all in one cozy feed patreon.com slash spiritblade productions Thanks again, Peter. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Once again, I want to thank Peter for appearing on the podcast. It's a difficult topic. It's not one that a lot of people want to talk about, much less talk about off the cuff or unprepared. So I really thank him for opening up. Hey, this is the kind of stuff that I'm hoping to bring you more of in the future difficult conversations. We've had two really difficult topics in the last couple of weeks, and there are a couple of others that I am planning to talk about here on the podcast. So I would appreciate your support, however you can provide it with your time, talent, or treasure. So if you can share the podcast, that would be great. 
if you want to take the time to respond and let us know your thoughts, those are always appreciated over at strugglingforpurpose.com slash the number 43. And of course, if you want to support the podcast with your treasure, head on over to strugglingforpurpose.com slash coffee, where you can buy me a coffee and support everything that's going on here. Again, everyone, thanks for listening, and thanks for sticking me in your ears.